for this podcast comes from Vasant TV catch Vasant TV's Sangeeta Swarangal every day at 5:30 pm from 17 December welcome to in concert the hindu's podcast on the performing arts our guest today is one of the most eclectic and accomplished artists in the indian music scene perhaps single handedly responsible for bringing the sound of the piano into carnatic music the master of collaborations who simultaneously maintains an individuality to his music we are happy to welcome anil srinivasan to the podcast today anil srinivasan welcome to the podcast so anil before we start there's one big question of course i want to get that out of the way first mm-hmm. um i don't want to be too subtle about it and frame it in many different ways so um are you ready yeah okay how do you play carnatic music on the piano um <laughs> hopefully well <laughs> hopefully play it well um i i think the the question is simple but the answer is probably a little more subtle in the sense that um i don't play carnatic music solo on the piano it's always in collaboration with yeah a carnatic artist and and therefore and thereby hangs the tale basically is that uh, what i have done is worked on a system of playing which uh, is essentially the carnatic vocabulary both in terms of structure and format but um, playing up to the piano strengths as opposed to its limitations the obvious limitation being that you can't play microtonal gamakas or variations on the piano but without worrying about that particular um, adjustment what i have done is studied i mean since i've studied both carnatic music and western classical music fairly in depth i have created a a method of playing in collaboration in tandem with uh, other carnatic musicians okay and so the balance between western classical and carnatic i realize i might be taking you through some material that you talk about a lot but let's assume that these are this is for a new set of listeners mm-hmm. um how did how did the two sort of evolve together um I think in a sense most of us are bicultural in the sense we are all uh, I mean we are uh, products of let's say an indian education system but we do study upon let's say western thought and ideology when it comes to a very varied list of topics and um it is the ability for example to be able to think in tamil and also think in english right mm. so in we are bilingual we are bicultural you, if you look at it most of us do have split identities at various levels um this part of me is the by musical part right which is that uh when i grew up and i mean largely even in the world today when you study the piano you study western classical music at least in terms of technique in terms of sensibility in terms of how you approach the piano um but i also grew up in a south indian um, household with a very traditional carnatic music uh, emphasis both my parents are uh, were great um admirers fans promoters of carnatic classical music so i grew up with that pretty much around me all the time so um i think right from a very early age uh, i'm used to playing uh, raga styled improvisation on the piano and it's one of those things that i was known for even when i was very little i don't think there was any conscious thought 
uh, when I started doing it. Uh, it it just came to me and i just started doing it um it took me a lot of guts to be able to um and that came much later in my life when i decided that this is what you know i'm going to pretty much premiere in which is that uh, i'm going to create this sort of style of playing uh, which brings forth my technique my technicality uh, of playing the piano which i've learned from my western classical tradition but keeping the melodicity and keeping the melodic focus on the carnatic idiom so that that is something that came much later uh, it i think it's taken me years to I, i wouldn't say years in terms of the technique or the, the 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 technicality of it years in terms of mustering the guts to be able to do it and uh, i finally started doing that in a very mainstream way only around 2006 2007 so from the time i was 5 to that is a journey by itself of almost 30 years so So you only started performing this in 2006 yeah, 2007 Yeah so until 2006 2007 I was purely performing uh, western music and you know um, I I wasn't even contemplating this uh, it was when I was doing my PhD uh, at Columbia uh, and that was not music um, I had started uh, my early sort of experiments with uh, some of the people who are the top carnatic musicians of today i mean my very first experiment was with mandolin shrinivas uh, mm. sort of like baptism by fire if you want to call it that because <laughs> sort of pushed into the deep end of the pool but it's very significant because he's himself a person who was known for having adapted a western instrument into carnatic music yeah. and um and his encouragement um and then sikil gurucharan aruna sairam i mean these are all some of the earliest people i worked with um people with incredible um you know command over the vocabulary of carnatic music but also people with incredible generosity of the mind that they would be able to accept a sensibility which was not purely uh, in the mainstream traditions of the time so i think that helped me um, overcome my fear and my initial reserve about whether this will work etc um i look at it also as a journey in which um this is who i am right my technicality uh, the grammar that i've studied the the way my muscle memory works my fingers obey western classical rules because that's what they've been used to been playing since the time i was 3 um but who i am culturally socially uh, who i am in terms of identity is very much a south indian and uh, very much rooted in the carnatic tradition i've grown up with that mythology i've grown up with that ecology and yeah. that's that's what i wanted to express i mean i cannot think of being somebody who was doing either purely western classical music or or pure jazz even though i do those, do those concerts i don't feel as much in my skin as i do when i'm doing what i do adharam madhuram vadanam madhuram nayanam madhuram hasitam ृदय मधुर गमन मधुर मधुराधिपते
you sort of learned your whole mode of instruction was in this western classical mm-hmm. style but you still because i suppose of the environment around you the music the environment, you also home. i studied vocal music right. um until i figured out that um my singing is not really going to work for anybody else other than me <laughs> um i did study the veena uh for quite some time i still occasionally play the veena right um and carnatic music is you know very much part of my skin very much part of my blood very much part of the way i think about things in music um and i think i i credit my parents with that because I mean we were listening to music incessantly at home hmm. incessantly at home uh, my father was a great patron and connoisseur he used to organize concerts at home so i've listened to quite a few of the greats like at close quarters so it was always that environment and my father's way of analyzing even my music would be nivasithu konjam sankara panna mari irukku nivasithu vandu konjam idu and revathi sail irukku and that kind of thing so i mean it's it's not as i said it's you're, you're bicultural and bimusical by just osmosis right you're you're right. always in that atmosphere um you know i remember playing the navaragamalika varnam uh, on the piano when i was 7 or 8 thank god we didn't have social media then right uh, because god knows what would have happened if you know, all that was amplified <laughs> but those are all sort of my early experiments and um, having the benefit of being in a family that was heavily into music meant that um, it was not only about learning the music in terms of form but you also started appreciating certain subtleties you, you know i was it was all drilled into my system you know look out for that particular nuance look out for this particular feature in so and so singing uh you listen to md ramanathan appreciate the languorousness with which that sahana will unfurl i mean these are the kinds of conversations we'd have at the dinner table right so right you're not just growing with the music as i said but you're also growing with the vocabulary of the music you're growing with the entire ecosystem right so it's part of you right and um for a very long time i had this whole cultural battle within myself on you know when i'm playing beethoven or i'm playing mozart or whatever it is and i don't feel it right i mean i i enjoy it and i love it for its technicality for its brilliance and sometimes it moves me tremendously but it wasn't me um but this is me what's an early example of one of those like raga in raga styled things that you played so i think Something. i remember like uh, madhyamavati uh, playing around with these kinds of things with madhyamavati is pentatonic um, allows for a lot of uh, free movement on the keys and this is one of the early ones i remember i used to play this very much as a child ragamarnam i used to play all of these things when i was very very little mm. pretty much 
the same style I'm playing now. It's, I, I think my fingers were shorter and probably I didn't get the sensitivities as much, but that's that's improved over time. Right. But it and it never struck me that this was wrong or different or strange or peculiar. It nobody ever told me that at that age. Probably because you're a child and everybody wants to say encouraging things. Hmm. Right. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. All of those criticisms came much, much later, and, and many of the criticisms were initiated by me. I mean, even I have been very critical of some of these things because that's also the way you learn and the way you grow. Right, that's fascinating because we did a we did an interview with Guitar Prasanna last year, and he says pretty much the same thing that he didn't really give a thought to does guitar fit into Carnatic music. I, I think these conversations oh, yeah. came much later, mm. um, and I I don't know. I've said this before, and I will say it now. I don't think you choose music or you choose an instrument. I think music chooses you and an instrument chooses mm. you. And however metaphysical that may sound, it's the truth. And I think um, the fact that I've been playing since I was three, I mean, I don't think I had much of a conscious choice as to why I chose the piano. I mean, people keep asking me, why did you choose the piano? I didn't. I was three. Um, you know, there was, uh, I made a mess on the dinner, dinner table and then I went and played the piano. That's pretty much what was happening, right? Okay. So I don't think there's any consciousness about it. And just like that, Carnatic music also, I mean, it's, I was born into it and, you know, it's just something that came naturally. Hmm. And your, your parents who are so steeped in Carnatic music, listening to Carnatic music, talking about it, when they saw how proficient you were at, were getting at the piano, um, did they sort of imagine a role for you as somebody no. who could adapt the two styles? No, no. And no. I don't think, I think we grew up in a simpler time mm. when um, we didn't, you know, I don't think any of my teachers or any of the conversations in music was ever about, oh, one day you will become a performer. Or one day you're going to get this award. One day you're going to... I don't think we had any of these. You know, I don't think I've ever gone to a music lesson where the whole point was, if you learn this properly, you will get a USA tour out of it. I don't think we've ever done these <laughs> things, right? We grew up in a much simpler time. And yeah. there was no... Thank God there was no social media. Thank God there was no amplification of unnecessary uh, statements or music or whatever. And it was just... I just learned, right? Um, there was no question of learning to play Carnatic music on the piano. There was just learning Carnatic music and there was learning the piano. <laughs> there was a set A and set B and they did not intersect. And there was no problem with that. I used to do the A intersection B myself at home. Right. Right. And uh, my parents were fairly encouraging of that. I mean, my mom more so than my dad. My dad is a purist. Um, and he was very um, skeptical about but, you know, uh, beyond a point. You, know, you should just get back to your Western classical music. I mean, let's, I not, let's not even go in this direction because it requires a different approach, a different... Um, uh, and I also had people like T.M. Krishna and the family, right? He's my second cousin. And um, yeah. and therefore, the, the choice always was, you know, Karnataka Krishna Padwa. You know, there was never a question that I was going to perform this any day or get into performance any day. It was always about always about Western classical music. And like most good South Indian boys, um, I did well in mathematics, which meant that I went on to do higher education. And it was a very conventional route. I don't think there was ever a... I don't think I intended to be a performer. Okay. It, it, I, I won't say I stumbled into it because that is romanticizing it. It, performance came to me naturally also. I mean, it just started, people started pulling me out into performing. And I, I don't think it was, it just happened. It was very organic. 
but the interest in music obviously continues right through your studies and absolutely and i was still playing i mean i was playing mm. in public even through my studies i was always the you know the the keys man the piano man for most gigs that my classmates would do i was also performing um, with carnatic music i used to perform more in the i hate to use the word but fusion concerts yeah. um because that's that was sort of the sense of things at that time right i mean fusion was a very big thing in the 90s so uh and i used to play a lot of cinema music um mm. you know so I, i was playing all the time so mm. uh, in addition to playing western classical music right but through these years while you were playing a lot you're playing a lot of concerts you're doing a lot of different styles did would you say that you were evolving a kind of intellectual approach to music i know you think deeply about music um how did this evolve for you i think the uh, that's the other thing right um an intellectual approach to anything is also something that develops organically over time i don't mm. think you sit down and say okay let me propound a theory about it right right it's just that your own you, the deeper and deeper you get into something mm. uh, the more um, i won't say you start intellectualizing it i think the more you start understanding about the music and the more you understand about yourself uh, and my life has been a study of limitations right because i'm working with an instrument that is not entirely suited to the carnatic music in its full glory right i mean mm. it's it's not entirely suited to that and and therefore understanding limitations and learning to work around them or learning to work with them or you know learning to work by taking them out that requires deeper inquiry and every time you encounter a limitation it forces you into a self inquiry of why am i doing this i mean is the world going to be better because i do this i mean i'm am i really adding value i mean it it, it does force you into that so that system of inquiry will force you to adopt an intellectual approach to doing things which is why i never understand it when people say i learned this by watching your youtube video whatever it is because that by limitation may be the best form of flattery the point is that's really not teaching you the music in its entirety music is a you know um, i i don't want to again romanticize it and say it's divine it is divine in the sense that you don't know where it's coming from right mm. you really don't know I, i can just play a phrase now it, it you know it's been running through my head the whole day today sure I'm saying I don't know where it's coming from, right? It's something you picked up somewhere, something that's form- formulated itself in your head. It's very strange. Yesterday I had a dream about um, playing um, the Kamas Tilana of Lal Gudi Jayaraman in my head. Hmm. This morning I woke up. Uh, Jayanti's message was, "Can we do the Kamas Tilana and for the Kalakshetra concert?" So I, I don't know where these things are coming from, right? Because now I'm saying it sounds spooky, right? But no, it's, no, no, it's just. <laughs> you don't know i think at some level of vibration we're all sort of dipping into this you know there's there's something obviously there's meta language para language whatever you know call it we're dipping into a vibration which is we don't know where it's coming from mm. right and therefore i think the idea of saying na ibridam asipe na idukunda i worked out a 3/4 correction for this note and all that is i would say post facto intellectualization it's actually not sometimes on stage we are i'm surprising myself as to what i can do 
Right. I mean, I'll I'll keep quoting um, people like Ravi Kiran um, or playing with him because um, I remember this one concert where I I mean he had told me we're going to play on C. I mean these are all technical problems that I have playing the piano because it's an equal tempered instrument. Okay, and so he says we're playing on C, so I'm playing on C, and then halfway through the concert he says uh, Anil J, can we just shift to C sharp? which is easy for him to do because it's just tuning his instrument up. Yeah. For me it means I'll have to now shift to all the black keys. Okay? Okay. So my entire system of uh, of structurally <laughs> aligning the notes for uh, the increasingly complex ragas that he's going to be choosing to play is a nightmare logistically, but what I do is on stage I just let myself go, I stop thinking. I just sort of trust the instrument and leave my fingers there and somehow it seems to be okay and i so managed to play fine. so you did play entirely with in the black shape, keys yeah and yeah. like jayanti i mean i do concerts with her uh, she'll say let's play on f and then she'll call and say let's play on e different keys have different limitations again because um, you know i play a ragam like uh, kalyani on f it will be all white notes it's very easy to play mm. make it e five black notes okay the thing is it's not difficult but uh, you'll have to have practiced hours and hours and hours to be able to get that kind of flexibility to be able to shift yeah so yeah, easily sure. on a piano's key so these are all technical problems that i know you know that that happens but i think with each technical challenge again um having not studied carnatic music to the extent of let's say a jayanti kumaresh would have uh, suddenly if, you know she does uh, these complicated pallavis during a concert or whatever i am learning on the job man i'm, I'm like really <laughs> learning on the job it's like oh okay so you know you're listening to to her play and then i'm listening to the percussion is going okay and now i'm going ah okay there's a corpo that's going here and you move now i've understood it so i'm sort of like doing it as i'm playing and somehow i think you know god is with me or the piano is with me and i'm managing and you know i'm i'm the first person to admit that uh, this the amount of stuff that i don't know is probably far in excess of what i know right okay and so this is the thing that really interests me so a lot of people know this in theory the fact that um the gamakam in carnatic yeah. music western instruments have there's a limitation yeah. in in attempting to uh, do that is there a way on the piano um and this is one of the things that we get a lot of questions about because there um, is no way on the piano to yeah. be able to replicate a no, gamakam so. yes but is there is there some sort of through playing can you sort of illustrate you can. why that's the case yeah so for example um if i were to take so this is krishna ni begani baro for example i'm just taking a piece that everybody will know mm. um if i were to sing it i'll have to go krishna ni begane begane is the way i would probably have to sing it if i was doing yeah, it in the gaiti yeah. but i can't do mm. it, it's an approximation it's really not that and rather mm. than play it like that so if i were to exactly replicate the gamakam i would be doing 
it's not very pleasing to listen to right, the composition right, like that instead right. what i have done is i'm playing the composition right keeping in mind that somebody else is performing it vocally or instrumentally with the gamakam i'm playing it with them but what i'm doing is or sorry what i'm doing is i'm playing a mellinum or what i i what i'm doing is going a little softer on the down measure so that the phrase still conveys the musical meaning that it's supposed to and it still sounds nice so if i do and it still conveys the musical meaning it's still pleasant to hear it's still it is still not how a vocalist it's not what bombajeshi would be able to do or it's not what uh, sure. krishna will be able to do but it's still not doing injustice to it completely but this is the reason why i would never say i will play this solo right? mm. because then it would no longer be the composition sure. it would sure. be an approximation so you do need um sometimes i've used this metaphor of saying the piano is like a frame around the painting that's carnatic music and i kind of like that metaphor because yeah, it is a nice metaphor yeah because the frame does its function you know it sort of puts the painting in deeper focus mm. and allows you to hang that painting on a wall it sort of contains it in a way that you can appreciate that painting and that's the reason that i use that metaphor a lot yeah it's great um so you must have been through the whole spectrum of reactions from people about the piano being in carnatic music yeah, yeah. all the time and gone through the whole the um, it's just that i think increasingly now people have kind of uh, understood that i'm also trying not to substitute you know um sure what a singer is doing or whatever and that it's got its own role and uh, what's encouraging is the number of people who want to learn with me now because it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool in its way but it's also interesting because it's a lot of children especially abroad are learning western classical music on the piano because they mm. live in the states mm. or they live mm. in europe and they're also taught carnatic music by their parents who are very anxious that they don't lose touch of their indian identity and uh, this has become a very interesting via media for a lot of those children right it's like oh this is you know allowing me to do exactly what i did you know a technicality and a you know a sort of vocabulary that my fingers know yeah. with a sensibility that my mind and heart know and this is allowing me to sort of mix and match the two in a way that that's interesting and pleasing that's so interesting so are, are a lot of students now getting in touch with you to quite who a, want to learn with you quite a few um and i'm not again my my teaching style and my entire way of thinking is very unconventional so mm. I'm, i'm a believer that you got to listen to hours and hours and hours and hours of music so yeah. i wouldn't touch a krishnani begane unless i'd listen to like 20 different variations of it or versions of it sung by 20 different people and i would have listened to hours of it and having mastered that so you have to understand the sahityam you have to understand the, the the lyrics you have to understand the meaning of it you have to understand how the structure of the composition is everything takes time right um, mm. it's like saying let me do differential calculus but i can't be bothered with learning addition and subtraction you can't you can't really <laughs> do that you know and and carnatic music is like differential calculus it's, it's it is an acquired art form it, it yeah, takes it's yeah. subtle it's you know it's 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 varied it's uh, and it's layered it's it, it requires Uh, an approach you can't just it's not imitation right and i've seen a lot of people because they can't do gamakas on the piano they shake their bodies instead <laughs> to convey that the gamaka was happening in that, that place uh, and you right. like to imagine it it's just that that visual is so disturbing that you don't mm. want to do it anymore <laughs> so there's nobody you uh, you sort of mentored or is a disciple of some kind um so uh, 
in terms of who mentored me or who am i mentoring no who, who somebody who you are mentoring i'm mentoring okay mm. so um the right now there's a couple of uh, students in the states mm. um there about two there's arjun and narayanan uh, who play the keyboard right. um they come to me uh, once in a while mm. and they sit down and work on this uh, on the technicality of it um there's another couple of people from europe uh, england specifically who are uh, in touch with me now and uh, fairly advanced level pianists and uh, they want to study the carnatic uh, idiom there's a student in china from beijing university wow. who's, uh, who's uh, very fascinated and she wants to learn to play it so i mean these are all you know i would call them the skype <laughs> the skype generation of people right except arjun and narayan um but um, i mean but these are all people who have studied with other people i mean mm. you know, they were they've studied core carnatic music with other people or core western classical music with other people so i'm sort of the secondary or the tertiary uh, guru for them it's interesting because it's becoming uh, a sub genre by itself right i mean that's what's exciting about it right yeah uh, and now more and more universities more and more conferences are asking me to write extensively on it right so saying can you sort of encapsulate you know your learnings of playing the piano and but you know sort of adapting it to the carnatic style uh, is worthwhile as literature i mean we need to study what what you know right yeah and i was going to ask you about writing about what you do because i I've, i've read a lot of uh, things that you've written how easy was the, the how easy is that for you to actually convey in writing the the music that you I, I, produce not at all no not difficult then conveying the music i produce is very difficult writing about music or uh, writing about other issues that i write about that's not very difficult no no i mean i mean specifically about your music the it's, thoughts that go beyond it's hard i'm i'm still yeah. sort of trying to understand the sequence of it because yeah. as i said most of it happened very organically hmm. and sort of came naturally to now sort of modularize it and put it into sort of easy listening yeah. sort of chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 is it that's a little hard because it, i didn't do it that way <laughs> so i was one of those people guilty of getting to differential calculus sometimes without doing the ad- the addition myself so right. to actually now systematize it but i think that would probably be a very useful thing because uh, a whole world i think um, not i mean i'm not saying it in a vanglorious way but i'm saying there's a whole world that i'm sure would be very uh curious to understand what i've done no of course i think so. so i think so so let's let's go now and talk about um so collaboration mm-hmm. and you know we were talking earlier about um the acceptance of the piano in carnatic music or not i i don't want to use the word acceptance but for lack of a better word for now but let's sort of take that story from the first time that you performed with a major carnatic music mm-hmm. artist who perhaps vocalist pat some other instrumentalist do you want to tell us a little bit about that story um well technically it was shrinivas and rajesh uh, the two okay. mandlin brothers hmm. uh, but i would say the um, I, that i was still not yet doing this style i think gurucharan would probably be the first one yeah. or maybe aruna sairam hmm. would be hmm. the first uh, actual experiment in new york in 2005 um yeah. she sang um,
Somebody singing Bhakta Janavatsale Bhakta Janavatsale I'm not actually playing the entire melody when I'm playing it in sort of harmonic accompaniment to somebody singing. Mm. So that's the second thing that I've often been asked about, critiqued about, revered for, etc., etc. Is how do you, how are you automatically harmonizing like that with somebody who's singing, right? You don't even know because with Indian classical improvisational styles, yeah. you don't know what's going to come next. It's not like a finite set melody. So how are you able to harmonize? And this is like so many different ragams that you're harmonizing in, right? Yeah. Again. the answer which i will keep saying i don't know right it's just something that seems to have come very organically but i am now in the process of trying to examine where that's coming from right i mean it obviously means that i've understood the ragams quite well uh it also means that i've understood the composition fairly well and i kind of know where the inflection points of the composition are so it's sort of embellishing it again framing it without actually interfering with the painting and i always there's another thing that i keep saying and i think it sort of encapsulates it well uh punctuate without puncturing mm so i think the piano acts as a sort of a punctuation it's it allows a pause it allows a semicolon it allows a comma to happen it sometimes is the exclamation mark it it sort of embellishes various different points of the composition when it's being rendered and still allows the composition to get through i mean it's it's i think it's adding to the meaning i don't think it's taking away from it okay what's the most common feedback that you get i'm you know maybe 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 not technical but i'm trying to get a sense of what people who hear you perform what's their visceral sense just after they hear you perform i think um mostly i i think people have been kind mm. um or they like it genuinely i don't know um it's mostly been positive and um, somehow it it is different it's a different sonic template it's a mm. different way of listening to the same thing you've heard over and over again in a different way yes um and most people react extremely positively to it and I, i haven't heard anybody put it down but it's also self selection right i mean i think it's only people who like listening to music this way who are going to show up for the concert in the first place right so um i mean i've had like very negative comments uh, online both from known people and unknown people Uh, who say what what the hell is the piano doing here and it doesn't suit the music and it's like get it out and just go back to the violin and whatever whatever and i mean and that's part of the course i mean i think there are lots of uh, very great vocalists who have their fans who have their opponents i mean it's, it's even if you're singing the conventional way you're still going to have people who don't like what you do so um and as i said i've never ever claimed nor attempted to do the solo bereft of you know a carnatic performer or a person yeah. who's singing carnatic music the conventional way so um i mean it's very difficult to tease apart the criticism is it criticism for the entire package or is it just criticism for me right so yeah. 
um but over time i think i've been around now for a while i mean this is my 14th year of being in so called quote unquote mainstream carnatic music and now i've collaborated with everybody i mean the standing joke now going around the carnatic music fraternity is that the only person i haven't collaborated with is myself <laughs> so you know i've sort of uh, done the whole gamut i mean from shivaraman sir to uh, you know to sikil to aruna to jayshree ji to i mean i've played with everybody so yeah yeah and each person has taught me that much more each person has given that much of a delta Uh, you know of learning quotient that i didn't have i mean as something else i'm picking up some other learning that's coming by osmosis something else that i'm learning about myself and the instrument with each mm. so what are asana of course of course yeah and what are some of the strongest collaborations you've done the ones that you most value uh, i'm perhaps we can talk about sikil sikil um, um and then um um jayanti mm um lalgudi krishnan mm and uh, mandalin rajesh i think these would be the strongest because i mean essentially i think these are all four people who are very close to me personally i think that's that that is the starting point right you've got to be playing with friends right because then you're watching out for each other number one um with uh, sikil i mean i think that was just an act of god i don't know what else to call it because uh, our collaboration hit it off right from the get go i mean i don't think we've ever had a a sullen moment or a moment where we were not sure whether this is going to work or anything i think it was just we went both of us came into it with some you know unconscious absolute certainty that this is a collaboration that was meant to be and it has stayed that way it's just getting stronger we're still performing yeah you know, we're still touring we're still doing concerts we're still doing albums you know and people whoever's listened to our collaboration loves it i mean i, I don't think there's been too much criticism about that particular collaboration uh with jayanti it's the same way it's magic uh, each and every time uh, now the jayanti and anil co- collaboration has uh, developed a dedicated following over time i mean th- this is abroad as well as here people for the 1st of january concert <laughs> that we do there's this people who are actually traveling to attend that particular concert right it's it's become some it's become a thing right you know? right um and again that's a collaboration where it's profound for me because i uh, i don't think i um, am as moved you know um and i'm visually moved okay i'm just I, i'm usually in tears in the middle of that collaboration because i can't think of somebody who plays the veena like jayanti does it's just a sheer oral delight to be in even within vicinity of her when she plays and uh, sort of i'm part of that you know the effulgence around that you know <laughs> i'm just sort of like subsumed by that 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 the divine grace that's permeating that atmosphere you know yeah um and being swept up in it you can't but not contribute to it in a meaningful way i mean you, i if i suddenly decided to play jazz chords there just for the heck of it would be that i'm not thinking about the music but i'm thinking about myself um i think the greatest collaborations are those where you're thinking about the music i mean you you're not even thinking about it as a collaboration you're just making music right and you're allowing yourself to be a conduit for the music that comes through you honestly i mean however spooky that sounds that's really honestly what that's the best music is when you're unconscious about what's happening mm. right you're not sort of deliberately saying i will do this um with um, lalgudi krishnan i would say is a very again somebody i deeply admire and respect such a senior performer and sort of the torch bearer of that particular school and uh, lalgudi jayaraman sir uh, mama was again a great supporter of mine in fact the last concert that he attended in this life in this life was me and krishnan playing together wow right and he blessed me before uh, after that he passed away and 
um he was a great supporter critic helper in so many different ways one of the great gifts for me is that you know people like shrinivas or lalgudi sir or whoever these are all people who have actively encouraged what i've done i mean if i was doing something so terribly wrong these are people who wouldn't have hesitated to say don't do of it of course right none of them have a compulsion to put up with me right so <laughs> so i'm pretty encouraged by that stuff and um, krishnan sir and i again i think it's a very i think it's a very sedate but a very beautifully um, beautifully articulated collaboration there's some some there's a there's an austere beauty to it um which is very different from the sort of vibrancy which sikkil and i do you know the the sikkil and me collaboration is younger okay in terms of its character with, with uh, krishnan sir it's a little more mature it's more sedate it's more austere but at the same time got its own beauty i think um, rajesh and i again because we are friends yeah we are sort of the original rowdy babies you know we've been we've been brats <laughs> together and i think that the that that whole jolly tea comes through in the music as well mm. and because shrinivas is the common factor there mm. uh, shrinivas is such a presence in my life It continues to be you know in spirit and so these are i mean these would be the most meaningful collaborations of course i've worked with so many other people uh, in and in the hindustani style i mean which is beginning to also now be on the rise yeah um, so i've uh, with rakesh torasia to a large extent uh, pravin godkindi i think is is one of the top collaborations right off the bat i mean again such a sensitive nuanced player and sort of understands he gets he gets me he gets what i can do he gets what i can't do right so there's a, there's an understanding before you even started playing so the concert's already a success before it's it's been played because you already know what's going to come you know in a way so i think these are these have all been and these are all top people you know uh, in in every sense they're all at the top of their game and doing very meaningful things of music Fourteen years now for you in the Carnatic music mainstream. How would you say? How would through your lens? How is it changing? Because in it, in many people's uh, view of it, when when they think of you know um, a different kind of influence in Carnatic music, I think there still remains only two names that come to mind. One is you, and one is uh, Prasanna, who was on the podcast last year. Yeah. Um. is that does that say a lot about carnatic music is that the I way think, it i'll put it this way i think i said this somewhere in one of my lectures this uh, season i think we need to remove judgment from mm. music mm. you know i think there's too much judgment exercised about too many things not just about me and prasanna whatever i think people are judgmental about uh, how you perform who you perform with what i think and frankly 
i would actually say that crowd is getting smaller the judgmental crowd is getting smaller i think you're getting now a wider i i'd say the carnatic music topography and the geography has changed so more people are listening to me online and mm. you know, connecting mm. with me through technology and it's more number of countries now and more young people sort of getting into it who are less judgy who are less about you know december and music academy and you know that that whole <laughs> ecosystem right so i think it's it's beginning to get uh, a lot freer and i think you know i i like the duke ellington quotation very much which is that there are only two kinds of music in the world the good kind and the other kind right mm, so mm. um he doesn't even say bad right so <laughs> the thing is i think if music appeals to you you will know it from your heart i mean and it and it has its own following and it has its own and you're you're playing primarily for yourself and secondarily for people who like to inhabit the same vibration as you i mean that's essentially all it is about right um it's sangat is the word from which you get sangeet right it's really you're doing something with the audience is also part of the performance mm, right mm. the the narrator and the narratee are both part of the narration it's not like i'm doing this you know in absentia so i mean it finds its level it finds people who are receptive to it and that's essentially who you grow with right i mean over a period of time that is getting bigger uh, for me for sure what percentage is it getting bigger how many hundreds or thousands i don't know right it's not millions for sure hmm that's true of the entire field right yeah of course but it is growing i mean and and also i think with age i have no more hair to lose <laughs> i've stopped caring i think i used to care a lot more 10 years ago you know um i now don't care i mean i'm 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 making my music essentially for myself Mm. um and for the people who care to listen and it's as i said it's my mind is clear and my intentions are very clear my heart is completely pure when it comes to what i'm presenting and that's all there is to it i mean music is like air it's free i mean you can enjoy it uh, you can choose to walk away from it it's it's in, the choice is entirely yours it's uh, i think the more we analyze these things and the more we try to ap- apply cognitive lenses to something which is primarily emotive I think we're always going to be falling short somewhere you know it's, it's always not going to tick some but someone's box it's it's not going to rock someone's boat right mm, mm. it's always going to do that right i mean there are people like i say samagudi shrinivasa there are lots of people who don't like his music there are lots of people who don't like ms subalakshmi they're just too afraid to say it because they may be lynched <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. so lots of people who don't like i mean it's which is music finds its level right it's it finds its level I mean, beyond the marketing and the hype and the press and everything there is still is it reaching your heart and it is it is it sort of appealing to um an inarticulated sense for yourself i mean music allows you to articulate things that you can't put down in words mm. and if you are able to connect to my music and it's allowing you to do that then welcome mm and it is my pleasure right to be able to do that for you if it doesn't then i would sincerely urge you to go find that music which allows that for you you know that's that's all i have to say on that <laughs> And what's been your relationship with the uh, December season over the years? I think December has been over the years it's changed. I mean I used mm. to be a I mean I've always come to the December season as a fan because I've been going to concerts since I was a little little kid. I've always associated with uh, you know great quality concerts and of course the canteens. <laughs> But um, over I mean I when I came back from the US I was still as I said I was still a bit shy I was a bit worried. what am i doing here and that kind of thing i think the first 3 4 years was very evaluative yeah. for me 
but somewhere something snapped and i said okay whatever you know it's like <laughs> i i'm one some person as people in chennai know i mean i perf- i perform throughout the year it's not i'm not restricting my performances to only december and i perform different formats different genres throughout the year i don't play only carnatic music on the piano yeah so course. you know it's become yet another month where a lot of interesting people to go and listen to a lot of friends come from the states i've spent 12 years of my life there and mm. you know, lots of people mm. visit at this time so it's just become a happy time of the year i'm not no longer looking at it as you know examination time you know and <laughs> i'm not i'm not that sense of it is gone you know and i'm just enjoying it like everybody else is enjoying it that's great so anil i think a good place to end is uh, that i know that you're doing a lot of interesting teaching projects uh, with music um you're part of uh, this new university called kriya and um maybe we'll just talk about that for a bit um okay. Tell me so, something. Yeah. Well, Rhapsody is what I found it in 2012. Is uh, I'm using music as a medium to teach STEM mm. and uh, mm. academic concept yeah. learning, which is also a revolution in itself. Um, we reach a very small number of 336,000 children. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> great. Working as part of the curriculum of nearly 540 schools, of which 371 schools are in the government and aided yeah. stream. So it's. i would consider that a pretty big contribution mm. um and this idea of being able to combine art and science together is i think uh, caught steam um and i use that word deliberately because <laughs> steam is the new national education policy yes, where yeah. it's uh, science technology engineering arts and maths and yeah yeah i already did that haha <laughs> so um i'm very grateful because um we've got 221 trainers now as part of that stream it's uh, going strong Kriya is a new adventure started last year um the founder Kapil is an old friend again Sundar Ramaswamy was the vice chancellor uh, people who uh, I greatly admire in life uh, they're very intelligent uh, and very visionary people and uh, Sundar and Kapil sort of reached out to me and I reached out to them mutually on again this pioneering idea of bringing art and science together and mm. uh, you know the entire idea of interwoven learning or interdisciplinary yes. learning. and I'm, i kind of represent that in so many ways in public life mm. and mm. Uh, mm. you know my phd uh, education is in from columbia business school and i'm a practicing musician so right i'm somebody who enjoys ragas and regression both equally <laughs> right so it 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 was something of and what i do with rhapsody is largely been of course with primary education from kindergarten to class 8 this was a natural extension of that and um, i think kriya is a very interesting part of my life i'm looking forward to contributing more right there was a course that you said specifically about digital music and well i'm yeah. doing uh, i'm designing a course called the business of creative industry yes. which is really looking at uh, Uh, applying valuation and uh, economic theory to understanding creative output and how to price creative output okay. what's happening in terms of uh, legalities intellectual property when it comes to creative output and how that affects pricing and that's being offered to the business school okay anil shrinivasan fascinating to talk to you as always thank you for joining us thank you